North Point Vineyard Church. Hey church, this is Spencer, your friendly neighborhood intern. Uh, and today for our intro to worship, instead of doing some deep and elaborate reflection on faith or God or the Bible or whatever, um, we're just going to breathe for a moment. Uh, for us to really worship, I think there's something beautiful about us being fully present to encounter God, to sit with God. And so today, before we begin, um, and we turn it over to Nat, let's just take five breaths. So sit comfortably and breathe in through your nose. And out. In through your nose. Three more times. All right, last one. When we come to worship, we could bring our whole beings, and that includes our body. So I pray that you're a little bit more centered as we get ready to turn. But we first, before we do, let's pray. Lord, meet with us today. Meet with us. Give us little morsels of what we need. Encourage us that we may go and live well, and we may go and serve our neighbors. In your name, amen. And now I'm going to turn it over to Nat.
so thankful that you are a God who wants to be with his people, that you are a God who did what was necessary so that we could be with you. God, we pray that today, even as we're not gathered together, that you would be in all of our midst, that you would be working in our places, in our living rooms, in our kitchens, in our bedrooms, wherever we're watching this, God, that your kingdom would be moving there. that you would be opening our ears and our hearts for what you have to say and do in this time. God, we love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. Hey church, thanks for joining us online this morning. It's good to have you. If you have a prayer request or you wanna share a praise with us, um, you can do that on, at our website, northpointvineyard.com um, or on the Church Center app, you can fill out a prayer and praise card. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life, how we can pray for you, how God is moving. Um, so do that to connect with us. For the last couple of months, we've been collecting supplies for our community care outreach. Those supplies go directly to families who've tested positive for COVID and need to quarantine in their home, but maybe don't have uh, what they need to disinfect. So uh, we're currently asking for a few different items that our friends at St. Joe Med Center are low on. That includes disinfecting spray and wipes, 
hand sanitizer, and paper towel. Um, if you're able to pick up a few of those items, um, we'd love for you to bring them next Sunday to our in-person service or email Tara at northpointvineyard.com to um, talk about when you can drop off the items. We're gearing up to host our first Foster Closet Yard Sale this Saturday, August 8th from 9 to 12. The items at the sale are free for foster parents, um, or we're also opening it up to the community for free will donation. We are looking for a few extra volunteers to help us pull this off, and so we have um, time slots available this Thursday from 6 to 8, this Friday from 4 to 7, and this Saturday during the sale, either from 7 to 10 in the morning or 10 to 1. Um, and then there are three ways you can sign up. You can sign up on our website at northpointvineyard.com. You can sign up um, under the events tab on the Church Center app, or you can find the link on Facebook and sign up there as well. We'd love for you to help us out with this event. Last announcement from me is your weekly giving reminder. Um, although we haven't been meeting in this building, um, our building is continuing to be used for ministry in our community. Um, our foster closet has not stopped serving foster families. We've just shifted to one-on-one -on -one appointments that are a little safer. Um, our building this week and next is gonna be used to um, train foster parents in CPR. And this fall, we get to host uh, foster parent support groups and um, also our log kids that have used the building in the past. And so um, church, like we get to support our community in these ways because of your generous giving. And so just a quick reminder of how you can give um, in this season online at northpointvineyard.com giving on the church center app you can text any amount to the number 84321, um, or you can mail a check directly to the church. Thanks. Tara is up with today's message. Hey guys, it's me, Tara. I'm going to start today's message time with a story. Um, previous to planting North Point Vineyard Church, I worked at another church in town. Uh, when I first started attending that church, it was relatively small, and we met in a rented storefront in the middle of Mishawaka. As the church began to grow, it was decided that we would buy a plot of land and build a new church building there. And it wasn't long after moving into this brand new church building that we met our new neighbor. Lloyd C. Fisher Jr. wandered over one day um, to tell us that he didn't appreciate that our new church building had displaced the deer who used to live in the open field that was across from his house. Lloyd C. Fisher Jr. He was an interesting character. Uh, he was probably in his 70s. He had this long white beard and long white hair. Most days he wore a trucker hat and a flannel. He had this like staggered walk. And he'd lived in that house across the street from the church um, alone for probably most of his life. Um, he wasn't very interested in our church business. He definitely wasn't very interested in God, but I do think he was kind of excited to have new neighbors, even if we had displaced his dear, dear friends. Um, most days, Lloyd would wander over to the church, would sit and chat for a bit, and he got to know all of us on the church staff. I remember that I was pregnant with my first child when I first met him, and he would pop in his head into my office and ask me questions about um, how the baby was doing and how she was growing. Eventually, he regularly referred to our receptionist, Donna, as his best friend, and I'm sure that she was. Later that year, as our church continued to grow, um, each of us on staff were given business cards. I'd never had a business card in my professional career before, but our church was growing. We were having more and more conversations all the time with people in the community about what we were doing, what we were all about, and so it seemed appropriate that we get business cards to keep on hand with us, you know, and they were simple. They included our name, some info about the church, our title. They did have like a nice full color front with like our new church logo on it. It was kind of exciting and so you know mine said, Tara Wallace, Director of Children's Ministry, the Vineyard Church, simple. Well, a few weeks after we had all received our own business cards, Lloyd came over one day and handed each of us a business card of his own. They were simple, white cardstock with a basic black font, probably Times New Roman. And there it says Lloyd's information. It said Lloyd C. Fisher Jr. Person. I think maybe it included his like phone number or his home address. 
But there in the middle of the card was Lloyd's name and his title. Person. Person. It was humble. It was simple. It was maybe a little cheeky because Lloyd was funny. He was making a simple statement. I'm nobody special, but I am somebody. I'm a person. And so he gave us all a business card. I remember it um, hung for years on the bulletin board right outside my office. And I thought of Lloyd earlier this week when I was thinking about our passages for this week. As I was reading the words from the prophet Isaiah and the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke that describe the kind of kingdom that was coming in Christ, a kingdom that was simply for people, people. So we've spent this summer reading through Isaiah chapters 40 through 55 in our series called A Voice in the Wilderness. And we've been asking the question, what does God say to his people as they are lost in exile, to people who are in wilderness places, to people who are wandering or waiting? And last week we hit on Isaiah 58, where the prophet declares to God's people what true religion looks like. And he says these words, he says, true religion is to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cord of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. So here we see like God's hope, his heart was always to bring comfort to people who were in need, to bring freedom to those who were bound up and tied down to bring healing to those who were hurting or oppressed or cracked to pieces. God wanted to bring comfort to all of the people of Israel, but those words were also prophetic words. They were forward-telling, future-leaning words pointing towards Jesus and the coming of the kingdom that he was about to establish. And so to conclude our series today, here's what I want to do. We're going to look at a few excerpts from the New Testament where we hear the voice of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. I shared with you last week that more than any other author from the Old Testament, Jesus pulls on words from Isaiah. In fact, all of the New Testament authors um, prefer Isaiah over any other author. Jesus himself chose to like orient his ministry and mission around these words, around Isaiah's challenge to be people who loose the chains of injustice and set the oppressed free. This is what Jesus is calling us to do too. So we're gonna look actually in the book of Luke today to see some of this story uh, like unfold for us. So the words will be on the screen, but if you have your Bible handy or wanna grab it on your phone, we're gonna read first in Luke chapter three and we're gonna read Isaiah's words. But first, let me give you a quick note on the book of Luke. Um, Luke is one of the four gospel accounts that were written to describe the life, the ministry, the teachings of Jesus, and we call these books gospels, um, which means good news. You wanna know what's interesting? The first time we read those words, good news, it's a phrase that was used by the prophet Isaiah to talk about like the good news, the message of the coming Messiah. Pretty cool. So each of the four gospel stories um, looks and feels a little bit different when you read it. There's a lot of factors at play in that, the date of writing, the source material, different eyewitnesses accounts, even different writing styles and intentions of the author. But what's interesting about Luke is that more than any of the other gospel writers, he focuses on people, on the ministry and mission of Jesus towards the poor, the oppressed, the outcast, the minority. Luke's teachings highlight those instances when Jesus intentionally broke social structures, when he broke political correctness to fraternize with the undesirables, the lepers, the former prostitutes, the children, the tax collectors. And it's not an accident that we read more of those stories in the book of Luke than we do in the other gospels. It's part of the story that Luke was trying to tell. And so it's no surprise to us that Luke also ties in words from the prophet Isaiah, who more than any other Old Testament book, more than any other Old Testament prophet, like carries this cry to stand up for the oppressed, to stand up um, for the needy, um, to seek justice in the kingdom of God. 
So even when you look at like um, the start of Luke and the birth story of Jesus, you're going to notice that he like makes special note of the things about Jesus's like, um, like the Christmas story uh, that go against the religious expectations and the cultural norms, right? Showing up to shepherds and um, Mary's position as a young unwed mother, those things that are a little bit surprising about Jesus's arrival story. But today we're going to start um, in Luke chapter 3. And we're going to read the story of John the Baptist. And this is actually where the inspiration um, for the name of this series came from, a voice in the wilderness. John is this interesting character. I imagine him with this like long hair, long flowing beard. It says that he's wearing camel skin clothes and he eats locusts and wild honey and he lives in the wilderness. I imagine he might have looked a little bit like my friend Lloyd. And he was a prophet of God, sent to initiate um, and announce the coming ministry of Jesus, right? And John was not your most likely candidate for this position. Like if the Messiah of God were coming, about to launch his public ministry, he might have showed up first to those who had like some sway or position in the community, right? He could have made some introductions to the religious elite, gotten on their good side, asked for some support. He could have reached out to the Romans who were occupying Jerusalem at the time because if he would have gotten good with those guys, man, he might have really had a platform. But this is not how God chose to kick this thing off. God chose this long-haired, wilderness-dwelling community outcast to be the first voice in the wilderness declaring the coming of Jesus. And so we're gonna read that together in Luke chapter three, Pick up, picking up in verse three. He, that means John, went into the countryside all around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. If John the Baptist had a business card, this is what it would say. John the Baptist, a voice in the wilderness. And what did the voice have to say? That salvation was coming for all people and coming in the person of Jesus. This is the inaugural announcement of the kingdom of God. Simple, humble, but a little revolutionary, right? God chose this unlikely herald for this royal decree. He chose a messenger that many would dismiss on the grounds of appearance alone, let alone this guy's social standing his politics, his privilege. He's not the guy that you would choose to run your PR campaign if you were running for office, but it's pretty on brand for Jesus, isn't it? Because Jesus's platform wasn't power or privilege, it was people, people. And people will see God's salvation. Plain, simple. This was the mission of Jesus, serving people loving people, seeing people. So after Jesus had been introduced by John the Baptist, he was also tested in the wilderness, um, and then he heads back to Galilee where he's presented at the temple. And the symbolism in this section is deep and we don't have time to hit it all today, but what you need to know is that Luke goes to great lengths at this point to establish Jesus's arrival as this royal event. There's an inauguration through these two different announcements. And then there's the culmination at Passover as Jesus enters Jerusalem and people are calling his name. He's given a robe and a crown and his coronation happens on the cross. In fact, each of the gospel writers draw all of these parallels. It's undeniable in all of the gospel stories. And so with that pattern in mind, we're going to um, look at the next place where we hear the words of Isaiah in the story of Luke. So flip with me to Luke chapter 4, and we'll read um, in verse 14. 
Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So, with the whole of the scriptures available to the prophetic power of God, I'm sure that Jesus could have chosen any words to read in the temple that day. He could have read words about um, the sovereignty of God the supremacy of his kingdom. He could have read words about his right to the throne as God's true heir. But in this royal moment, standing in the temple of God, what does Jesus read? Words not about power and prominence or position. Jesus's statement was hardly even about himself. It was about people. It was about the kind of people that he came to serve and the kinds of things that he would do for them. He was declaring that the kingdom of God was coming and that it was coming for the poor and the prisoner and the blind and the oppressed. This is the revolutionary part of it all, you guys. Jesus was turning the kingdoms of this world on their heads. He was building a kingdom for people who would go and set people free. He wasn't using the privileged or the powerful to do it. He was gathering a group of cast-offs, fishermen, and rabbi school dropouts, and tax collectors, and women to do it. And Luke's gospel, more than any other, makes this point. There are sections devoted to the kind of people that Jesus would fraternize with and hang out with and eat meals with. In Luke chapter 8, he's specific about um, the way that Jesus' ministry was funded in this like unconventional way by a, a group of well-to-do women who followed Jesus around and used their own personal funds to fuel his ministry. Did you know that? Jesus' methods of building this kingdom and empowering this mission flew in the face of the religious leaders at, who at the time um, were looking for something different. And you have to get it. It's not that the church at that time um, was like hell-bent on hurting people. That's not it, I promise. They were trying to do what they thought was best for the oppressed and needy among them. But they thought in their own misguided way that it meant following like the hierarchy and the structures of the time. They cared more about keeping status quo than improving the status quo. They were the ones with power and they preferred to keep it that way and they were going to try to do what was best. Jesus, on the other hand, um, came with a different set of good news. With a different gospel that flipped that whole thing upside down. That said, if you want to be first in the kingdom, you actually have to stand in the back of the line. If you want to be at the top, you have to be willing to humble yourself and lay yourself down low. Um, if you have any power within you, you have to be willing to find a way to give it away for the sake of the poor and the blind and the hungry and the oppressed. Jesus was the king who came to give his power away. What kind of king in all of history has done such a thing? It was revolutionary, but it was also pretty simple because Jesus kept it all about the people. He saw people, not titles or labels or position. He saw needs. He saw feelings. He saw stories. He saw people. And so here's a hard question for you. 
Do you see people? Do we see people? Um, I'll tell you another story. I remember hearing this story um, at a vineyard conference before. Becky Olmstead, who is a, a pastor at a vineyard church in Colorado and who has led um, vineyard kids ministry for years, once shared a story about um, being overseas in like a crowded market setting. Um, and as she was um, going about her business in this crowded marketplace, she saw a mother and her daughter. And if I remember correctly, the, the mother was wearing um, a, a shawl all, all around and then there was this little girl standing beside her. And Becky, who's devoted her whole life to like serving and loving children, looked at this little girl and um, tried to get her attention, tried to interact with her, tried to smile. Um, but this little girl had this serious look on her face. And so Becky tried her best to, you know, um, smile and wave and, and maybe create connection with this little girl. But this little girl kept this like strange kind of stoic, hard look on her face. And so eventually um, Becky turned, turned away um, and, and looked away from this little girl. And, and then um, just a moment later, uh, this little girl swatted at Becky, like, like swatted at her. And she turned and looked at this little girl who still had this same hard look on her face. And I remember her saying that she was shocked by this, like kind of taken aback. Like, why would this little girl look at her with such disdain and, and even like lash out towards her? Like this woman who loves children and who is warm to children and who has spent her whole life loving and caring for children. Why would this little girl respond this way to her? And she said it was later that she realized that when she looked away, that little girl desperately wanted her to look back. Just wanted her to look back. She wanted Becky's attention because she wanted to be seen. She just wanted to be seen. And let me tell you, friends, I think if there's something that's staggering about the stories that we read about Jesus in the Gospels, um, it was his beautiful ability to see people. To see people. When Zacchaeus um, wanted to watch Jesus from a distance, but didn't want to draw any attention to himself, right? What did he do? He climbed a tree so that he could watch. But he didn't really want to be seen. Or the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, who knew that if she just right, reached out and touched Jesus' cloak, she would be healed. She didn't really want him to see her. She just wanted to be able to touch him. Or when the disciples like wanted to shoo the little children away because surely he was too important to take the time to sit with those kids. What did Jesus do in all of these instances and more? He saw people. He sat with people. He noticed their needs. He took the time. He asked them questions and he cared for them. For all of them. For all of the people. You guys, we live in a world right now where people are desperate to be seen, noticed, heard. And it was hard enough to do that well in like pre-COVID circumstances, um, in a culture that was already increasingly independent and disconnected for years. But right now we find ourselves living in this strange time um, when it's even harder to see very far away from our own stuff. I heard someone describe um, it just recently as the COVID fog, this fog that we all kind of live in now, right? Of fear and suspicion um, and isolation and disconnect. I doubt that I'm the only one who kind of, like that resonates with me. I feel like I've been living in a fog for months now. And it's kind of hard to see the people around me um, because I'm living in this weird little foggy bubble. But let me tell you, um, our community now more than ever is filled with people 
who long to be seen. Some of them like specifically because they haven't seen anyone in a really long time. And so what do we do if we want to be kingdom people who understand the mission of Jesus? We understand that Jesus came for people, right? And the unlikely ones at that. He came for all people and flipped his king, this, our kingdom upside down so that we could look and see them well. If we understand our call to be kingdom people, what do we do? How can we respond? How can we participate in the kingdom that Jesus brought with him? Well, we can follow Jesus' cues. He gave us some pretty good examples. When I think of Jesus meeting people, seeing people, what did Jesus do? Well, he met the people where they were, right? In the middle of their days, in the middle of their setting, in the middle of their time. And so right now, what would it look like for you to meet the people around you just where they are? Uh, when everything in our society feels polarized or politicized, can we leave the topics on the table and just see each other? What would it look like to take a step back from all of the rhetoric and enter into a conversation with a friend about like where they are today in their fears, in their faith, in their family? We could just meet people where they are. Um, another thing that Jesus did is he, he sought them out. He had to look past others to see the ones with needs. So here's a question. Who's someone you haven't seen in a while? You literally haven't seen their face in a while. Shouldn't be too hard to think of a name or two or 20. Could you think of someone that you haven't seen in a while and um, try to let them know that they are seen? You can make a call or send a text out of the blue, stick a card in the mail, search someone out, someone you haven't seen who might need to feel seen. And the last thing you might consider, and this is a hard one, is to consider the power and the privilege you have and who you could give it away to. This is not easy. But listen, you guys, like we are living in a kingdom that is increasingly contrary to the kingdom of God, as described by Isaiah, as described by Jesus. While Isaiah tells us that true faith has no room for um, quarreling and bickering, striking each other with wicked fists, exploiting our neighbors, forsaking family members for our own game. The kingdom that we live in here and now is increasingly self-seeking and increasingly self-gratifying. And if we're not careful, we will start playing by that same dangerous game and wander further into exile. But Jesus is inviting us into his kingdom, his backwards, upside down kingdom that's built on grace and forgiveness and laying one down, down one's life for the sake of others and giving it all away. It's the kingdom that's built for lowly little girls in marketplaces and haggard old men with long white beards, for fishermen and tax collectors and people who find themselves on opposite sides of the aisles or people who don't even know which way is up. And so um, in the next few weeks here at North Point, um, we're gonna be asking for a little bit more clarity on what the kingdom of God looks like while we live um, in a kingdom that often feels opposed to the kingdom of God. We want to know about how we can find sure footing um, in, in God's unshakable kingdom. So join us in the next few, few weeks as we dive deeper into that. But in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with a few questions that you could think on this week or today um, as you continue in your time with God after this video is over. So here are a few questions for you to consider. First, who are the people around you that God wants you to see? Who are the people around you that God wants you to see? 
are there people in your community um, who might feel lonely or who have needs, who are overlooked by others? It could be someone closer. It could be a friend or a family member um, who's been placed on the back burner. Someone who could use a little bit of attention or affection. Who does God want you to see? The next question is, are you seeing the kingdom clearly? Or are there adjustments that you need to let God make in you? Are you seeing the kingdom clearly or are there adjustments you need to let God make in you? The kingdom that Jesus showed us was revolutionary and it, and it was different than the way the world was working then and the way the world is working now. We constantly need Jesus's wisdom to show us what the kingdom looks like. Next question. How can you use the power and privilege that you have been given for the sake of others. How can you use the power and the privilege that you've been given for the sake of others? Listen, you guys, this is a hard question. How we can take our power, our privilege, turn it upside down and use it for the benefit and blessing of the people around us but it is the call of the kingdom. And so um, I, I'm gonna end our time together today um, by praying and asking for insight into this really hard question. Asking God to give us an imagination for what we could do, what we might need to do in response to the kingdom mission and message that we've heard today. So will you pray with me? Um, Lord, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to care for us broken, busted people. Would you give us eyes to see people, eyes to really see the people around us, to get over ourselves and to look up from the screens in front of us, to slow down a bit and see the people around us, give us eyes to see exist, the emotions and experiences that are hard, help us see the people around us, and Lord, give us eyes to see your kingdom, to see your kingdom clearly, to look for places where we might be able um, to invite your kingdom, to insert your kingship, to bring justice where there's no justice, to stand up for the oppressed, to meet needs. Lord, would you give us eyes to see people and eyes to see your kingdom. We want to be the kind of people who represent your kingdom well, who take it with us into the places that we go.
Yes, Lord Jesus, we are so thankful um, for that promise that you are renewing all things, that you are working new things out of this world. God, that all the pain and brokenness and heartache and hurt can be made new in you, that you can use those things to your purposes, that you can restore those things in your kingdom. And God, we pray that as we leave from this video, as we leave from this message, God, that you would give us opportunities, that you would open our eyes to see where we can come alongside your purposes. Where we can see where you are already breaking chains and restoring sight and setting the oppressed free. And God, that we would come behind you, that we would be your hands and feet to those purposes. God, we let your kingdom come and let us move with it. God, we thank you so much for being a God who wants to be with us. We ask that you would be with us this week and these coming days, that you would be speaking to us and guiding us, that we would tune our ears to your spirit speaking to us, that we you we would open our eyes to see your kingdom moving around us and that we would join in. God, we love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. And that is everything that we have this week. Um, go be the church, move the kingdom where you are and stay safe. We wanna see you next week. Love you guys, bye.